Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah, and I'm coming from Macomb, Michigan. That's where this podcast is recorded every week, every Wednesday. And so if this is your first time being a part of this, I just want to say welcome. Thank you so much for taking your time to watch this or listen to this, whether you're on YouTube or if you found this on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music Store, or Facebook, no matter where you're at and how you came to this. I'm a firm believer that this is something that the Lord will use in your life, and it's not by accident that you are here. And so today is a very special day uh, to me because I have one of my good friends, Stephen Lemon, um, right now with us, and uh, I'm just really excited to uh, hear what uh, what's on Stephen's heart. I know um, we had a conversation on Sunday, uh, and I know we were talking a little bit about some of the stuff that uh, that you felt led to share on the podcast. And so I'm pumped to hear it, buddy. Um, you're one of my good friends. I, I look up to you in many ways, and um, yeah, and before we start, man, hey, you know, on YouTube, you need sponsors, so I'm wearing my, uh, I'm wearing my Sony PlayStation shirt, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get some sponsors on this. <laughs> man, I should have put my Star Wars shirt on, because then, you know. Yeah, man, any, any bit helps, any bit helps, man, especially when those views are like five. I, I don't think anybody <laughs> watching doubts that we're nerds. Yeah, man, you should have wore your Star Wars shirt. Ah, uh, man, we're not going to get sponsored by Disney now. Uh. <laughs> So I would describe Stephen, and and Steve, you can uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong with this uh, description, but um, Stephen, I would describe you as somebody who sees the world through a perspective of just looking for, okay, Lord, what are you doing in this? What are you doing here? What are you doing there? Um, you have a gift with photography. You have a gift with vlogging. I know that's what you do on your YouTube. Um, you have many gifts. You have a gift of speaking, of leading, of leadership, of teaching. Um, so yeah, you're just somebody I can see just that has a perspective on the big picture of why we're here. And, uh, and so, yeah, you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, Jonah is actually spot on when he describes me as somebody who sees the world as a place that God created with a tremendous amount of opportunity, uh, for God's creation. And, and we are that creation. So, I don't, I I believe that this life was designed for us to live it fully. And um, when I say fully, that doesn't mean that we live it the way we want to live it, but we live it the way that God intended for us to live it. And so once we understand that, and once we get that, then we can be truly happy in what we have, because what we have is, is this blessing that God's given us. I am a, uh, I am after Jonah's own heart because we're both youth guys. So I was a youth minister for 20 years, and uh, my, my teenagers have near teenagers <laughs> from the first year. So uh, it's pretty crazy to think about. Um, and God now has my wife and I on another journey. And Jonah was explaining a little bit about color and chaos um, and the fact that when life throws you curveballs or difficult times, that's when you grow the most. And my wife and I are in another one of those sessions of our life right now where God's asked us to step back from youth ministry, which is a deep passion in my heart. Um, and so we're waiting on him to show us exactly what the next step looks like. And that is a, uh, that's a painful place to be because you, you know what you love and you're hearing God tell you there's something else he has for you. And because you followed him the first time, you really want to see what this is going to look like. Uh, but you're struggling through that time. And so that's where we're at right now. So um, I love life. Uh, married for 21 years, 
Uh, I have two children. They're 24 and 21. My wife and I have been together for 26 years. I've not always known Jesus, but Jesus is the most prevalent thing in all four of our lives today. So um, he's brought us a long way. And that's a little about me. Thank you so much, Stephen. It's truly an honor to be able to do this with you. I know I know, I always enjoy our conversations. So mm-hmm. to be able to have something that uh, we can look back or that other people can be blessed um, in as well is such an honor. So thank you for being a part of this. I know one of the things that you said, um, I guess as we're still kind of inter- introducing ourselves, one of the things you talked about is your relationship with Jesus. And I was just really curious, um, how did that kind of blossom for you? Um, I know many listeners or watchers of this of this podcast. Um, maybe they're they're new in their walks with their with the Lord, or maybe they don't even really know where to begin, and um, they're just kind of seeking. Um, but can you kind of just speak into that a little bit? Where, what was your journey when it comes to growing in Jesus and getting to know Him, as ever just knowing about Him, actually having a relationship with Him? What was that like for you? Yeah, I'll try to give you like the the Roman mile markers, right? So. When I was when I was young, my my grandmother um, was my grandmother was always a deep believer in Jesus, uh, but her husband left. There was a lot of difficulty in our life, and so she was a single mom raising kids. My mom had me young, single mom, because uh, my dad left, and she was raising kids. So we did not get to church a lot, although Jesus was a part of her life. And I'll circle back to my grandma in a second, but um, I so I grew up in a household that didn't go to church when my mom found my stepdad and married uh, he also knew who Jesus was from his household but also very difficult childhood his dad passed away when he was 14 years old so he instantly became the man of the house there were a lot of stresses on him so he didn't go to church either so um, we 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 knew who Jesus was we had the big Jesus Bible in the living room that everybody looked at with the big picture of Jesus on it and uh, and Easter and Christmas, we were at church. And so, uh, you know, I knew what it was to hold a pew down two times a year, but I didn't know what it was to have a relationship with my Savior. And so as we started to get older, um, my parents tried to get us in church a few times, and me and my sister were oil to the water. We just didn't want anything to do with it because that was relinquishing control of what we thought we had control of, which was our life. And so uh, I met my wife. Uh, we had kids early, and my youngest or my oldest son, I should say, um, my firstborn, uh, came out of the room one day and was modeling what his dad was, which was not good at the time. Um, and it was at that moment. Um, uh, I'll take a half a step back. We started attending a church because my parents and my younger brothers and sisters started going to a church. Um, So they really started to get into church after I had moved out and had my kids. And so we started to go to church with them because it was like, maybe we should start doing this. But I still didn't have a relationship. And so one uh, Saturday morning, uh, my son came out and was modeling my behavior and my language and my culture and and who I was displaying to him. And it was at that moment that a few of the teachings that I had heard about you know, um, what comes out of your mouth, right, is a representative of what's in your soul. And I looked at my young son and thought, what am I doing? Like I'm passing on to him something that is not godly, that is going to lead him down a similar path. And it was through my son, who I had out of wedlock, who I had prior to being married, who I did, who, who was something that I did that was not in favor of God's laws, as we all have heard before, but God used him to reach my heart. And so I think Jonah's picture of life being difficult and you growing in those moments is absolutely true. 
because it was it was a very difficult situation that brought me my son and it was my son who pointed me to Jesus through modeling my bad behavior back to me. And so it was it was that Saturday morning that I hit my knees in the living room and started praying and accepted Christ into my life. And it was about a month later um, that the Lord opened an opportunity for me to start in, influence and speaking into the lives of the teenagers at that church through circumstance. And that was it. At that moment, like my life, uh, Jonah, was I was walking one way and what says the old things are gone and the new things have come, that was it. I, it was an immediate turnaround in my heart to walk back towards God and to seek him with everything I had. And that meant giving him, at the time, I was giving him a lot more than 10% of my life. I was giving him everything I had. And, uh, and it was beautiful. It was awesome. So it was a process for you just mm-hmm. kind of walking into not just knowing about him, but actually knowing him as Lord. Um, was that the same for your wife? Was she, did she know the Lord before she met you? Or was that something that she also kind of grew into after y'all met? She had, she had accepted Christ before me. Um, but it was, uh, for her, it was, it was an acceptance of who Christ was, but wasn't an acceptance of who Christ was to her. So it was one of those things where she recognized prior to that, prior to that situation and my life changing that Jesus was Jesus. And she um, had accepted that he was Lord, but she didn't understand what that meant to her. So it became real and tangible her, to her as well during that season. Um, he changed our lives very quickly. Yeah, man. And I know for everybody it's different with uh, just mm-hmm. how, they, how they grow in the Lord. Um, but I know for me, I can relate with that, just how he just changed my life very quickly. And, and of course, it's, I'm still walking it out as I know you are as well. Mm-hmm. But what would you say now with where you're at um, with the Lord? Because you, you, you shared at the very beginning just about um, that you've, you've been you know, walking in him now for a long time. What, what it, where are you at now? What is this season you're at now? What do you feel like the Lord is teaching you in this season of life that you're well, in? Well, I mean, right now it's one of those things where he's saying, wait. And that's the most difficult thing for me. Um, I'm a very driven person. Um, I, I, I work pretty hard a lot. And, um, and so what he's teaching me is to wait upon him again, yeah. which I think I needed because running a ministry, working full time and running a business, which is what I had been doing, uh, plus all the things I was doing at home, I had gotten to a place in my heart where I was creating systems to accomplish things instead of relying on Jesus to provide the wisdom for the systems. And so today he has me in a place of relearning what it's like to be reliant upon him for his grace instead of seeking favor through people and actions, which is what I ended up being and doing towards the end of my ministry because it became about the policies and about the procedures and about the structure and about the things that had to be accomplished versus the relationship that I had with my Savior. And that was something I shared with the teens as I stepped back too. I said, this is God bringing me close to him and I want to model to you because we had about 45 or 50 teens in our group at the time. I said, Jesus wants through my life to model to you what it looks like to let go of something you love, to wait on him to show you what needs to happen. Because they knew that I loved them. (laughs) The teens knew it. So, yeah, it's about waiting on him right now for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's the waiting that can stink sometimes, isn't it? It's like, it's like everything's great until the Lord's like, well, just wait. 
And then it's like, <laughs> wait, what? You know, like, yeah. So I know in my life, uh, I could definitely relate with that. Um, but yeah, you, you also shared something when we went out to eat on Sunday. You were sharing that right now in the season that you're in, the Lord has also put a burden on your heart. Um, can you kind of talk a little bit about that, what that burden has kind of been about in the season of life that you've been in? It's a lot about frame of mind. It's a lot about um, making sure that your, your, your mind, mind frame is correct um, and, and recentering on the idea that um, God is for you, right? God is with you. So I've been focusing a lot. I have a daily vlog that I do, and I've been focusing a lot in that vlog about trying to be an encouragement to people regarding motivation, frame of mind, what you're created for, what you're crafted for, um, seeking what God is, has intended for your life. And so what I think he's driving deeper into me is a sense of who I am, I don't know yet, but who I am, he knows wholly. And so I just need to be looking to him. And one of the biggest things is about positivity and motivation. Um, it's easy when you're in a trial like this, I think, to to let the weight of the things that are coming on you, whether it's, you know, uh, death in the family or, the, you know, relinquishing of a ministry or taking a new position or losing a job, whatever that, that trial is that's going on in your life. You know, Amber, Amber has been, you know, dealing with some stuff at work and positions have been changing. Um, my work has actually been increasing in workload. Uh, uh, we, have, um, we have our in-laws living with us because they really needed our help. Um, our kids um, had wanted to move back in, so we were waiting on that. So basically there's a lot of pressure, right, that's going on in life. And, um, and it's easy in those moments to find the negative things to focus on because that's the habit of human nature is to find the negative things that are going on in life and sort of camp on those. And then as a result of that, what I see is people building alliances and finding people to support their viewpoint and finding ways to sort of harbor that anger or frustration or fear. And, uh, and I think God is continually pointing me through my prayer life with my wife and through my time with him, through my time with Jonah and Tom Gibson at Lake Point and others who are influences in my life, um, that he's more than that, that his, his intention is not for me to be defeated. His intention is for me to be whole, and that's what he's aiming to do right now. So that's, uh, I think, a good picture. I think that's a shorter way of saying what we said over an hour and a half lunch. <laughs> yeah, man, every single day it's a fight to kind of have the, the right perspective on others, on myself. And I know that's something that the Lord's been teaching me as well um, in the season of life that I'm in. And he'll, he'll probably be teaching me <laughs> until the day I die and, and I'm with him. But yeah, right. I know for me, one of the things that I think about a lot of just as as I try to say, okay, Lord, help me see things as you see it. Help me see myself as you see me. Help me see others as you see them. One of the things for me that is crucial in order for me to be able to see things the way that he sees it is to be in the word. Mm -hmm. And so I know every single day I, I, I take time and I, I seek to take time to uh, spend time in the word. I know recently I've been in uh, Philippians and right. in Philippians, I, uh, I I came across this verse. I was going to read it in a little bit, but sometimes I'll I'll be like, all right, Lord, like, where do you want me to go? Like, where do you want me to read in the, in the scripture? And sometimes I'll be reading something and, and all of a sudden, like, sometimes I feel like the Lord just like redirects me to read something else. Um, but Philippians was such a really good, uh, really good book to be in. And 
Um, and it just always comes alive anew because Paul's writing to the Philippian church and he's just telling them like, look, you have been such an encouragement to me. Um, regardless of my external circumstances, because, you know, Philippians was written by Paul when he was in prison, but still Paul is just saying, look, okay, fix your, fix your mind on the things that, that matter and not this yeah, temporary stuff. It's funny that you're going to say this. I think you're going to say the verse I'm thinking of. Go ahead. Yeah, man. And this comes from Philippians four and I'm going to read from verse four, um, down a little bit. And this is what Paul says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. And this is what I was, uh, this is what, as you were talking, it made me think about this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you have heard me from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. That, yeah, that's part of it. But then in verse 12 and 4, it says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And so that like 12 is a, a powerful, a powerful scripture that follows through that same concept. Cause obviously it's in the same book, but um, I just feel like that's so succinct. It's like, you know, there have been times in my life I have been so full of the Lord. I've been so full of food. I've been so full of blessings. And I, I know what that feels like. There have been times in my life where I've been so deficient of my time with God or so deficient of time in Scripture and, and, and out of touch, not even sure if he's hearing what I'm saying. So I can resonate with that. But the underlining thing is that I don't have to worry about either of those because he's always the strength, the same when it's good as when it's bad. Yeah. 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 That's so just reassuring, but I know in the moments of hardship and in my life, and I know you can attest to this as well, but like in the, in the hard moments, those are the moments where it's so easy if we're not careful just to lose track of the fact that, okay, Lord, you are my strength. You are my provider. Like, Lord, I can do all things through your strength, through your peace, through your clarity, through your truth. And I know, I know for me, it's kind of this I know it's kind of sometimes a, a civil war that goes on inside of me um, daily just to say, okay, Lord, uh, help me not rely on my own strength or my own understanding, but help me rely on you. And I know especially that verse is something that is key to helping me just say, okay, Lord, at the end of the day, regardless of what I think, regardless of what I feel, Lord, you know what's best and you know what is better. And so um, with that, how would you say, um, how do you apply this verse because it's, it's easy to, like we said, like it's easy to read and it's easy to be like, yeah, yeah, there, there's truth to that. But how, how do you walk it out? What, what does that process of you applying this verse in your life look like for you? I, you know, I, I, I would love to tell the world that it's this beautiful, you know, flowing wind walk through a prairie of tall grass with light dew. 
um, because that's, I think, what the world has a picture of what Christians paint the Christian life as. But it's not like that at all. Yeah. I would describe it as a daily grind. It is uh, when you're in those seasons. I, what's the saying that I've heard? Um, um, expectation is the mother of all disappointment. Um, if I walk into my relationship with God with an expectation that he is going to fulfill every desire I have, which is, I think, how most people approach God yeah. is that, you know, if he's all loving, he's all caring, he's all knowledgeable and he wants what's best for me, then he's going to give me what I want. And so the expectation is, you know, he's going to make me feel fulfilled in every moment of every day. But that's not the truth because he knows that I need to understand what that reliance on him is or whatever that trouble is. So for me, it's a, it's a daily grind constantly leaning back into him. And it takes a lot of people around you who are pointing you back in the right direction. Uh, there's a lot of people in the world who will point you to a direction to fix things. I mean, just, walk down the street and bump into five people and tell them what's really going on in your life. And you'll get five very different opinions um, about what you should do. You know, you should read the Bible. You should pray more. You should go see a counselor. You should go to the gym. You should race a car. You should jump out of an airplane, whatever it is they tell you to relieve that stress. Um, but uh, I think it's important to me. Part of my daily grind has been keeping people around me and people in front of me who point me back to the God that loves me, uh, not to anything else. Yeah, man, you're so right. It's just like if you um, are an athlete, having people around you that can coach you and be able to motivate you to continue to do what it is um, that, that you're striving to do, um, that helps you take it to the next level and not just uh, become complacent or become lazy or even cocky or arrogant of saying like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But someone to always be able to challenge you say, no, 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 OK, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. I, I know as you were talking, uh, a verse came to my mind. I think it was in Second Corinthians. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Second Corinthians 10. OK, right? yeah. OK. Is that right? Second Corinthians 10, which says uh, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so if I'm left to my own devices and to the to the world's influences, then I'm going to I'm going to walk down a path of trying to solve my own issues. Um, and I don't think life is about solving issues so much as it is about um, experiencing life, experiencing the joy of what God's created you to experience. Um, too many of us, I think, chase down solving problems. And I, I mentioned this on a vlog a couple of days ago, but they did a poll once and asked everybody, you know, um, are you satisfied with your current income? And 0% said they were satisfied across all different pay, pay income ranges. Um, and they asked every one of them, you know, what amount of money would make you satisfied? And every one of them went up. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make there is so many times in life, we're trying to solve things by trying to make things or create things or bring alliances to things with people or, or substances. And we're trying to fill gaps when God is, when all God is saying is just enjoy what I've given you. Like you just live, live in what I've given you and be, be blessed in what I've given you. And if you do that, then you're going to truly understand the joys of life. If you 
don't, then you're going to truly understand the struggles yeah. of the next level of achievement because you're, you're never going to be satisfied. You're always going to want the next thing. Yeah, I know for me, thinking about that that verse, I don't know, I'm weird. I, I, I think about things and, and sometimes I I kind of have it like a music video that plays out in my head of, of, of what something's saying. One of the things I think about with that passage talking about, you know, um, you know, uh, take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ. I know for me, I almost imagine that um, whenever there's something that's that's not right or not true, not not holy, not pure, and it's and I and I and it's in my thoughts. I think about it as almost like a, a scary movie where there's like this like a person's made out of wax. So like this thought is just melting like a wax candle, and it just melts and it just like falls away. And what was there, it it was all an illusion. I know there's a song that makes me think about the the whole idea of things being a mirage when you when you think something's like legit and and good, but then all of a sudden you get closer and it's not. Uh, one of my favorite singers, Andy Gillahorn, he has a song called Mirage, mm-hmm. and he's talking about that that thing that's tantalizing you and drawing you in. Um, that is nothing but a mirage, and you know, and he's basically saying throughout the song, "Wake up, wake up," and he's just crying out to the person, like, "Wake up!" Like the thing that you're seeking isn't really true. It isn't really real. It's just a mirage. Um, what about you? What What about this season that you're in? You were talking about a lot of different transitions. Um, what are some of the the instances or the things that you can point back to that right now in your life that is it's hard to focus on? You know what is good and true and trustworthy and noble. What are some of the things that that you know has kind of been coming at you that you've had to kind of take captive and make obedient to Christ? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's 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 a lot of them. I mean, I think the world is full of them. Um, I think some of the bigger struggles have been, uh, you know, I was, I was at a church for six years. It was a church that was roughly a hundred and some people. When I started, um, when I left, we had nearly 50 students in our youth program and that was in six years. So, I mean, the program grew rapidly, the church grew rapidly, um, and God blessed that. And so, um, you know, it was hard for people to understand why my wife and I would, leave a program that was doing so well um, uh, when the when the senior pastors were telling me uh, and the and the senior leadership team were telling me you know like Steve like you we like we feel like God has you like you're the guy for this program and so there were a lot of people that twisted that into something that it really wasn't um, there were definite um, uh, there's always a feeling of like disconnect, right? Um, when you're talking about leadership and authority and direction and figuring things out, I think that's natural just because it's natural because it's human nature. Um, so when people would ask me like, Oh, are you leaving? Cause there's an issue. I'm like, no, there's no issue. Um, you know, that was a struggle for me because I'm not, I, I would not, I've said this many times, like I would never leave or join a church because of, a person's actions towards me, um, unless those actions were dangerous, volatile, something of that nature. Um, so th- none of that ever happened, right? So for for me, stepping away from that youth program brought a lot of feelings and a lot of comments to my wife and to myself and to my kids who are still active at that church. Um, uh, like, what's the problem? Well, nothing's the problem. Or I would get comments like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter what side you're on. <laughs> There's no sides. Like, you know, I didn't join the Church of Satan. Like, that would be a side, right? Where that would be where the divide would be. Um, I'm still serving Christ. God was showing me that um, and reminding me that it, there was an opportunity for me. 
to be an example to people about what it looks like to follow him, even though there's a great passion in my heart for what I wanted to do. So um, that was one. I think um, some of the other things that have come up um, is as this transition has happened, there's been decisions that my wife and I have had to make, you know, whether it be financial or whether it be um, situational or whether it be, you know, the location of church that we went to or all those different things. And as we did that, there's been a lot of challenges to our character Um, and character is very important to me. Yesterday's vlog I did was actually about that. Um, As a matter of fact, character is so important to me that I've spent the last 26 years of my life not, not broken up for a single day from my wife um, yeah. pursuing her because my character is yeah. so important to me. Um, I spent 20 years at the same company um, pushing through the difficult times because my character is so important to me. I've pursued God with deep passion because my character is so important to me. Uh, my integrity is important mm-hmm. to me. So when those things get challenged. Man, it's difficult when uh, w- when people see something that that you're like, man, that is not my heart. If only you wouldn't have known my heart, then, yeah, uh, then like, you, you wouldn't have uh, taken right. it that way. And I think that's what God's trying to teach me yeah. is that it doesn't matter what gets challenged, right? Um, uh, I, th- I think it might have been you that said it at lunch, like, you know, uh, maybe it wasn't you. I have a lot of mentors in my life who I reach out to often. Um, but somebody recently said to me, it doesn't, you know, their opinion, and by their, it means anyone, right? Even yours, Jonah, like your opinion of me, um, although it should influence what decisions I make, right? It, it should cause pause for me because scripturally it says that, you know, you can identify things in my life that I can't see. And so we should be sharpening each other. Um, but really the, the relationship that matters is this one, right? Am, am, I, am I following what he's doing? And am I close enough to his word and in prayer with him enough to actually hear him? Or am I fabricating things from him? So that's the relationship that needs to be right. And then the rest of the relationships um, need to be influenced by that relationship. And so as people challenge that character, it really, it was hard. It was hard not to snap. Yeah, man. It's It's always the things that matter the most. That's what the enemy will attack. And so, like you were talking about character, me talking about, yeah. you know, honestly, character for me is the same thing, kind of in that boat of being misunderstood um, when you mean well, but but somebody looks at it and it's, it's, it's like the thing that's, you know, awesome about you, about how the Lord's wired you when that has become something that's kind of like a curse that's difficult. One of the uh, isms that our previous church had was, you know, I believe the best in you always like that's that should be a Christian uh, a Christian line is that I do believe the best in you. Um, I believe for the best in you. I should never look at a situation and think the worst. I should always look at the situation and hope the best. Absolutely, man. And I know sometimes, um, you know, the the whole world is looking at how we treat one another. And when we don't mm-hmm. treat one another as Christ would, um, it could do, do so much damage. And I know the Lord's growing me and being able to see people as he sees them. And I know he's growing you, he's growing us, and and we're works in progress. Um, there's a song by Reliant K on their newest CD, um, Air for Free, um, which is called Local Construction. And the whole uh, concept of the song is just that, you know, the moment that there's something in your life that you're like, okay, I, I want I want to, you know, the Lord fix this. 
you know, make this a little, you know, whether it be like compassion or whatever it is, like, Lord, help me have a compassionate heart. The moment that the Lord's working on that, you also see other areas of your life that have fallen short of the Lord's design. And so it's just like local construction, especially up here in Michigan, the local construction never ends. You know, they're always working on the roads. And so like the moment that we, we see the flaw in us, you know, and we're working on that. The, the work is never done. The Lord is constantly just growing us and renewing us day by day by day. But in saying that, Stephen, what would you say to somebody that um, right now they're saying, okay, look, right now I am struggling with seeing myself as God sees me, um, but instead I'm honestly looking towards what others are saying about me or even what I'm saying about myself. And, and you know, that's kind of like the priority in my life right now. What would you say to somebody who is saying, look, like, I don't know how to see things as the Lord sees it or how to um, have his perspective. What would, you, what would you say to those people that are maybe struggling with living this out that we've been talking about? I think there's, there's two ways I would take it. Um, and the first one is, and this is, this is Christian cliche, right? But I, I'm going to put some weight behind it. But um, God's love for you is infinite. Um, you know, his, his goal, and this is for me when I'm in those struggles, I have to tell myself this, right? So this is a constant, this is that daily grind that I was talking about. You have to constantly tell yourself. And so what I'm trying to feed into somebody else's life who's struggling through this is the same thing I have to tell myself. It's that um, his love for me is infinite. His love for me um, is something that's ir- irreplaceable and undescribable. And if I can keep that in the center of my mind, then that can influence everything else. It doesn't mean that it's always the biggest thought on my mind, but as I get to the most difficult parts of my day or the most difficult challenges of my character yeah. or integrity or my finances or whatever struggle I'm facing, um, I can have that in the back of my mind. And, and I relate it a lot to, there's so many stories of persecuted Christians in the world who, you know, uh, take China for example, right? So um, many, many people in China have been taken and put into confinement and uh, they were held there for years against their will. And when they were released and interviewed, um, one of the things that nearly all of them have said is, I had the scripture written on on their heart, heart, right? So as I was in there, I was always remembering what the scripture said about his great love for me and his great purpose for my life. And that leads me to the second thing, which is purpose. So purpose is difficult to understand, especially when your purpose is being challenged. Like I'm currently going through. Um, but, but purpose changes. And I'll, I'll give you two examples right here in my set, in my studio. So one of them is the wood that's behind me, right? So this wood served its initial purpose as a creation of God to supply oxygen for you and I to breathe, right? To supply plant life for insects to eat, right? It, it was part of God's unique plan to sustain life on this planet for you and I, the creation that he made in his own image. But when the tree was ready to go down, get cut down and be used for um, other things that sustain life on this planet, it became pallets. And those pallets moved food. As a matter of fact, some of these pallets were from KFC. So some of these pallets moved finger licking good chicken all over the country. And um, it was and it did great. And you probably ate chicken off of some of these pallets. Who knows? And the point is that the purpose for the wood, the purpose for the tree became wood to transport food to feed people. And then at some point, um, the pallets got to a point where maybe they didn't want them anymore or they bought new ones and replaced them. And so we took all of these pallets and we built 
a little stage at the company I work for and did like a, a show on them. And then I took those pallets and put them in my backyard and I cut every single board off and created this video wall, which is now serving the purpose of creating video content. Um, even for Irfan, who is a missionary from Lake Point, who is over in Egypt right now and starts churches all, all over the Middle East and just loves on people in a way that he never actually wanted to, but God opened the purpose for him. And so the point of purpose is to know that you, although your purpose changes, you still have a purpose and you might not understand it, but eventually your purpose will become the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And the same thing with this one-way sign, right? Um, this one-way sign started out as a way to keep us from going the wrong way down a road. And uh, when I saw it at a garage sale, I was like, that is perfect. I'm putting it in my studio and I'm pointing it straight up in the air. Even if I never mention anything to anybody, it is a message to them that there is truly only one way that you need to go and that's towards Christ. You need to have your heart set on things above because that will always you know, ground you. It'll always keep you centered. So um, those are the two things. One, keep reminding yourself that Christ loves you. Um, even when you don't think he does or you don't think he's listening. And two, your purpose uh, will always be there even if you don't yeah, yeah. understand what it is. Yeah, you've hit on the uh, the buzzword of purpose. I know I know another word that I think about a lot that, that um, I hear often is the word destiny. And I know I meet many people that are just saying like, look, I'm trying to figure out what, what the Lord's will for my life is. You know, what's my purpose? What's my destiny? Um, or even whether or not they even are thinking about the Lord, but they're, everybody, every single one of us is looking for that purpose, that identity, that, that calling, that um, destiny. And I know like you just hit it, the, the nail on the head, that, that purpose changes, that if our identity is in our purpose, then the moment that our purpose changed, then it can, it, can, it can shatter us because our identities were never meant to be placed in something that can change. Our identities were meant to be in the, in the changeless one, which is our creator, savior, sustainer, and then the Lord. And so, yeah, a purpose will change. And so, except for focusing on, you know, Lord, what is my purpose or what's my calling? We know that there's things now that we, we can do. And it starts with saying, okay, Lord, help me know you and help me have a heart to make you known and, and to know who I am and who you've made me to be. And, and from that flows that destiny and that, and that purpose. Because at the end of the day, we, we know what our destiny is. You know, if, 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 if there's anybody listening or watching this that wants to know what their destiny is, your destiny is to know him and make him yeah. known. And your purpose will flow from that. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and it's, a good, it's, it's a good distinction, purpose and destiny. And I, you're right. I mean, as a youth pastor, um, previously, I understand that teenagers have this... Um, they have this identity crisis. Um, every year as part of my teaching series, I did a series on identity. Um, and I don't, think that, um, I don't think that as a society, we do a good job of helping people address those identity crises these days. Um, we just sort of enable them to feel whatever it is that they, they think they need to feel instead of giving them um, good guidance and, and good ways to think about and pray about what it is that they really are created to do. So purpose is different than destiny. Um, and the other thing I would say is that the only one of the two of those that are, that are, that are definite is destiny. And what I mean by that is um, uh, purpose is purposefully designed to, to evolve. Right? Purpose is purposefully designed to evolve. And that's true everywhere in your life, um, whether you're at work. So if, if any of you have ever had a job and gotten a promotion, got a raise, 
got more responsibility. Uh, working in the church and got more responsibility. Um, you got married and had children and now you had more responsibility. Um, your purpose is purposefully designed to evolve. And if you continually remember that all of that purpose leads up to your destiny, which is to be in the place of heaven, worshiping God in the end, then that makes sense. If you don't, then it looks like chaos. Yeah, and I know, you know, especially here at Colored Chaos, we talk a lot about that. It's in the moments of chaos that we can know the Lord more and and just experience Him on a whole new level because we're, we're taking off that control and, and surrendering ourselves. And we're leaning not on our own understanding or our own strength, but saying, okay, Lord, help me, help me just be be yours in this moment. Lord, work this out. Work this out in a way that grows my character, that grows my dependence on you. But ultimately, Lord, I, I want to know more of who you are and who you've made me to be. Um, because, yeah, like if if our focus is on the chaos, then, yeah, it's going to cripple us, you know? And, you know, and that's the cool thing is that our the chaos can never take away our purpose. It can never take away how the Lord has created you for a purpose. And that purpose is to know him and to make him known and to use every single aspect of your life for his good and for his glory, you know, so like for you, Stephen, like the Lord has made you gifted with with talents and gifts of being able to see things and and talents with the camera and with video and with people and and so no matter what chaos comes in your life, you're 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 always just going to be given the Lord your talents, saying, "Okay, Lord, use use me to use me to reach out and to um to be your arms, to be your feet, to be your legs, to be your eyes." And there's nothing that the chaos can do to take away who you are and who the Lord's made you to be. Even if you lose your eyesight, <laughs> you still have the you still have the same identity that's in the Lord to know Him and make Him known. It is. My wife is an example of it. And this will be the last story I'll share because I know we got a you know end of vlog and end the end the I call it a vlog since we do every day and your podcast at some time. But um, my wife is a great example of that. Um, when I met my wife, she was extremely extremely quiet, extremely reserved, um, very conscious of what she said, um, you know, based on, based on her past, based on things that she did to guard herself. And, um, and so over the years, it's been my great prayer to see God open her up and to show her a purpose that she understands, right? I mean, I knew her purpose. Her purpose was to love greatly. The problem was that every time she extended love, people abused it. And so, um, you know, God has over the last 26 years um, slowly changed my wife's perception of what her purpose was. Um, when I first met her, she thought her purpose was to be used and abused. Um, today, she knows her purpose is to be a, a provider of great love for people in the name of Christ. And so missions has become her thing. And um, I mean, so passionately pursuing giving to other people and what she's now starting to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there in the, in the real world. And she's probably going to be mad at me. But one of the things that she's now doing is um, answering a call that God has placed on her heart just recently. Um, she, she had spent some time in a foster home as a kid and that freaked her out, scared her like it does pretty much every child that goes into that situation. And she just never knew what her future was going to be. And we've worked with teenagers a lot, and we've seen a lot of teenagers in a similar situation. And for whatever reason, a couple years ago, God started putting on her heart, like, I think I know what you need to do. Um, you need, she, she's been told by him several times that she needs to look to open a, um, 
opens some sort of uh, opportunity for aged out foster kids to be uh, encouraged, to be loved, to be supported, and to be enabled to understand what their purpose in life is. And so to see somebody who is so guarded with her love to now say, I want to give everybody all that I have, there's nothing in the man-made world and there's there's nothing that changes somebody like that. Yes. Goodness gracious, man. <laughs> oh man. I have I have regrets in my life, but the biggest regret in my life is not following the Lord sooner. Not following the Lord sooner. There's so much wasted time. But the beautiful thing is that we have time now. We have time now to say, okay, Lord, like grow me more into who you've created me to be. Help me know you more. And uh, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're totally right, man. Thank you. Thank you again, man. <laughs> thank you. I know, I know uh, we've been talking for a while, but thank you so much for being a part of this. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that, uh, that the Lord is, is going to use this to speak to whoever it is that is watching or listening to this. And I, I know the Lord has used this already to speak to me. Um, but uh, is there anything else you want to say before we pray and just surrender this to the Lord? Yeah, and I would just add one piece of encouragement around the word. Uh, Jonah and I can both attest to you that as we picked up this Bible for the first time in our life, we had no clue what we were reading. Um, I think one of the biggest barriers to people getting close to God is that they'll say, well, I don't, I'm not like you and I don't understand the Bible. Believe me, you are absolutely like me. Um, I, I am the closest thing to, um, I am very close to illiterate, okay? It has taken everything I have to understand anything in English language. Um, so what I would tell you is, you know, on, on Jonah's, you know, uh, guidance, is just that getting into the Word and being persistent, it's kind of like if you wanted to be, you know, a gymnast, you would go to the gym on a regular, consistent basis until you figured out how to do those things that gymnasts do. And so if you really want to understand your purpose and God's creation, then give it that all. And I, I know you will. And saying that, Stephen, would you, uh, would you mind just praying for us and just uh, giving this to the Lord and, and asking for him to bless this, uh, this time that we've had together? Absolutely. Thanks, man. All right. So Heavenly Father, listen, God, we love you. Um, I, I think one of the greatest um, misunderstood things is the fact that as I speak right now, you are listening with an intentful ear. Um, you're hoping and you're praying for me to get what you want me to get. And Lord, I know that you are doing the same for those who are listening to, listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube. Lord, I know that your desire is for the heart of your children to be fulfilled with the purpose that you've created them for. It says in your scripture that you've knitted us each um, carefully in our mother's womb. You have crafted us. You've crafted us for something. Uh, this is not a, a happenstance that my life is what it is. It's not a happenstance, Lord. Um, that I that I have a disease like diabetes with, in a time where medical miracles can help me to sustain life longer, to be a, a light for you longer. You purposefully create us. And so, Lord, I pray that um, those who are listening, um, some, Lord, I know are skeptical. Some might be fearful of you. Some might be terrified, <laughs> honestly, of you, Lord. I just pray uh, that your spirit would do what what. I have read and I know it to do through your word. I, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would be the great communicator to them and that it would bring the passion of Jesus into their heart and allow them to know fully what it is to be a created, beautifully made 
purposeful creature in God's world. Um, you have crafted us to be in your image, and nothing that you craft after yourself um, is made out of vain. Lord, you did it, and you made us like you because you love us and because you want us to understand what it is to be loved by you. So, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. I pray the words that you've given us to speak uh, would be supernaturally moved, and I pray that you would continue to bless Jonah as he continues to uh, bring some color in the chaos of his world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. If uh, if this is your first time being a part of this, we have a new episode every Wednesday. Feel free to share this with somebody that you feel like could uh, be blessed by this as well. Um, before we go, Stephen, uh, can you uh, can you let people know how you can stay, uh, how they can stay in touch with you, and how they can follow what you're doing on YouTube and and social media? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's really easy. My last name is Lemon. You heard Jonah right. It's L E M O N, no S. No plurals, no double M's. Um, and so if you want to find me on any social media, it's hashtag a lemon's life. Um, you'll find me anywhere. Um, you know, Jonah, if you if you want, I'll send you a couple links to the channels that you can link below in the descriptions. But yeah, if you look for hashtag a lemon's life, I'm the only one using it. Well, I, I was. Now there's some people kind of taking it and piggybacking off of it, which is fun. Um, yeah, but you'll find me. Um, you can also... Uh, um, just look up S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-O-N on Facebook. Um, Twitter is at A Lemon's Life. So I try to use that A Lemon's Life wherever it's, it's possible to be used. So um, yeah, you can find me that way. Awesome. Well, God bless you guys. I pray you have a great day and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. See ya. Bye.